from us recently but you're hearing from us again that's yeah. right it's not for nothing midweek special yeah we, we've got some we important stop. we don't quit we don't quit we don't stop we don't cheat we're no yep. d wades voting for our stupid player that we don't care about in the slam dunk contest <laughs> we're legit we don't oh. we don't front um chris before we get into sports because i know there's lots to talk about we've got xfl we've got all all post all-star nba takes I know you're hot to trot on some <laughs> Astros takes, uh, but before we get into those rousing things, mm-hmm. rousing two things, uh, and these are just clickbaits that I've recently stumbled upon, but both Perfect. of which I think you will enjoy talking about. Who doesn't? One of which is more clickbait. is important because we've talked about this on the pod recently, and we had opposing viewpoints on it. And I wanted to oh. get your, I wanted to get your your stance, or wondered if you had seen this video of this woman flying on this coast-to-coast flight from New Orleans to Charlotte, uh, in which she insisted on putting her seat back in a gentleman's lap as he was eating his stale garbage for dinner, um, <laughs> to which he proceeded to uh, punch the back of her... Punch. I use quotes mm. because it's... Mm-hmm. I don't know... punch. If these are punches, then I'll take lots of punches. Um, he, he just proceeded to move her seat in a mm-hmm. vigorous manner. With his fist. Back and forth with his fist. Uh, continuously, I don't know for how long she taped a portion of it. Did you see this? I did. I saw the video. Okay. Now you all over the internet. You would be on the side of this uh, horrible blonde, uh, ridiculous woman who is now suffering from headaches, and uh, I mean, oh. she just—it was traumatic. She was even—I oh. can't even believe that the airline told her that she needed to be quiet. Oh, did they? I didn't. I missed that part. Now, how? Long? I just saw the video. I didn't actually bother reading. So you would be on the right. side of her. Absolutely. I would be on the 100%. side of the guy that thinks that people that recline their seats, especially for like probably a forty-five-minute flight, uh, are in the wrong. Um, what What do you think about this? Do you do you think do you sympathize with this poor so woman? This whole this whole like etiquette BS about this like to recline or not, you know, and it and it started out as this video, and then it it like reached all through Twitter, and people were debating and arguing. About the whole thing and like the etiquette, what's the proper etiquette? But it's a debate that needs to happen, Chris. But sure, anyway. of course. No, I agree. I 100. I'm 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 on board with the debate. Uh, my problem though is that is that the seats and the airlines recline the seats. They make reclinable seats. Like, why can't you just? Why all of a sudden now you can't recline your seat anymore? Because it's annoying. It's horrible. But you're right. The why have reclinable seats if you can't recline them? Yes. Boom. But Problem's don't you answer. think you have the Boom. right I as? Win. As a Let's person, debate, Chris. Now, now hold on. I think I think there's a bigger issue. <laughs> I think there's a bigger issue here, which is that she. So instead of him asking her not to recline her seat and her yep. saying why she must, yeah, she does it. He's clearly upset. He's visibly like like physically pro- protesting. And instead of just turning around and being like, "Sir, what's your problem?" she films him and then proceeds, I'm sure, to create a lawsuit and then Which gets is- on every CNN and other bullshit fucking show that needs us something to talk about in a 24-hour news cycle. Like, that's There's how we of- communicate now. We communicate through yes, videos. Absolutely. And, yes. And CNBC. Yes. 
This is yes, because this is people don't actually want to talk to each other. She was probably like scared for her life that this was some mongrel that yeah. she, you know, would probably punch her oh, in the face or sure something. Who he knows? Maybe would, or he's just passive aggressive and just punching her chair because he's well, he's too scared to actually say anything to her. Well, that's try just, to have a conversation that's true. with her. That's about true too. This. He's he's too chicken to say, "Hey, ma'am, I need to eat this chicken." Right. I'm too chicken I'm also uncomfortable. to not like, eat There's chicken. no room here. I'm. I get his point to a degree that he's in the back, in the very back row where he can't recline himself. Right. So that limits his space as well. Right. I yeah. get that. I feel it. I've been in. The, I've been there. All right. So, but, but then why doesn't he say, "Ma'am, please"? This fight yeah, is 27 please, minutes. I'll buy you, and I've seen other people sort of respond with comments and stuff and and, and things that I like, like, "Hey, ma'am, you know, if I buy you a, a drink or a cocktail or something or a snack or whatever you want to call it on the flight, would you please not, you know?" And I'm like, "I'm I'm okay with going to that." degree of this kind of stuff even though i think it, the whole thing is ridiculous like you pick you got a seat you probably picked it you're in that last row you know the consequences of sitting behind someone who's going to be reclining suck it up and deal with it suck i it do i'm six it. four i'm over 200 pounds and i and i i have no leg room whatsoever a slender I'm, 200 pounds by the way yeah very slender yeah uh yeah, do pilates um but that's not the, the point here chris the point is is that i suck it up and you like i i don't i don't get I, the weird thing is, like, I never get mad or irritated with the person reclining, even though I think my wife gets more mad than I do. I hate it. I fucking hate it. And I can't because I help think it. I know going in that, like, this is what's going to happen. And I'm already uncomfortable like this. I don't know if it makes me that much more sort of uncomfortable with it. That's a good point. I, that's, I think that's it's, my it thing all sucks. That, I mean, I think this all boils down to air travel sucks. Right. As, I mean, as long as there's some not some weirdo dude or, or woman with like next, you know, next to me. Like with bare feet, like picking their feet and doing that kind of bullshit. Like I, I'm, you know, I'm pretty like I'm not. I'm not expecting much on flights and airlines these days. And and we do a we do enough flying each year, uh, multiple, you know, probably a dozen or so times that that I I think I'm just sort of like I, I kind of have a fee, uh, understanding and know kind of what to expect, you know, going in for each flight. I think that it's a, it, here's what I found very interesting about this is just sort of that there are two types of people in the world and you can boil a lot of things down to air mm-hmm. travel, but I think you've got mm-hmm. the you've got the person who feels entitled to recline their seat at the expense of whoever's around them. Mm-hmm. To the point where they will like make a national news story out of it. <laughs> There's that person. And then there's the person who is who is so passive aggressive and angry that they will sit there and punish someone with their mm-hmm. own hand to the detriment of themselves and their own character. And then for something as petty as 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 putting their seat 3 inches into their sp- into their quote unquote space. I think that that's what you've got. You've got the people that are dying yeah. to be I've I've noticed this about people who drive in Pittsburgh they love to have their feelings hurt. And that's what I think there are people that are just passively aggressive, passive aggressively mm-hmm. waiting to have their feelings hurt so that they can exhort some sort of aggression out mm-hmm. into the world, either mm-hmm. to, to the man or to the person that, that's, <laughs> that's done them wrong. That uh-huh. like they live this life like on the edge of the brink of anger to the point where they will then, once they're wronged, they'll do that. And then you've got these other dummies who are like, I'm so innocent. I just want to do my seat back. I can't appreciate the fact that this might affect other people because it's my God-given right as a fatty to have three more spaces to lay my head back on this four-minute flight to Charlotte. And that's what I want. And the other guy's like, I want you to have that because that's not the right way. That's all there is. It's just everyone's an asshole. Yeah, everyone's an asshole. Everyone's an asshole. And, and, 
And, uh, you know, thinking about it as you were talking there, I, I was kind of, I think, I'm not sure, like, I'm entitled to recline my seat, like, I, but I don't, I'm not sure I always do it I never necessarily. Do. I never do. And, 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 and not all the way. And I think that's also never all the way, never all the way. Um, but I don't look to see who like, who's behind me. And I'm not like, Hey, do you mind? I'm going to, I want to recline my seat. Do you have a problem with this? Like all that kind of bullshit. Uh, I I don't need to do that. That's all bullshit. Like kind of like, but if somebody did, if somebody said, Hey, could you not recline your seat? I'll be like, yeah, sure. I can. Yeah. Or I'd be like, Hey, you know, I'm not going to recline all the way. I might recline a little bit because I need to. I'm also, I also have like sort of a, a fear of flying and I get anxiety and stuff. And so like, there's some things like that sometimes where I, I'll, I sleep a lot on the flights and stuff. So it, it helps a little bit. Like it's, it's almost impossible to like sit upright in those freaking airplane chairs and like fall asleep. So like a little bit of recline. So I, I think there's also compromise there. Like you were saying about these two extreme opposite ends of the people who, who can't even try to like compromise, just find some middle ground between themselves. It's us against the goddamn airlines up there. And don't, why I don't get why yeah, people right? don't understand that. Yeah. I hate when people side with the airlines. I hate when there's goody goodies. I hate when everybody feels entitled. There's no entitlement up there. It's so, it's, it's sky law. And sky yeah, law is different law. Yeah, it's the wild west of the sky. It's, it's sky law, man. Sky law. And just take what, care of yourself in sky law. That's it. I, I got a question for you. What? It, 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 what did she? I was sort of impressed that it was her filming this, right? Because she has to sort of like hold her hand out far enough into the aisle. I can't believe she could do it with all, with all that whiplash occurring to her that was giving her nonstop migraines ever right? since then. To... Yeah, exactly. But then does he notice that she's filming him? Yo, I don't think that dude give a fuck. I think he was like... He was so distraught. He was yeah. so distraught. Just, Which yeah. makes him even crazier. Which yeah, well, it's funny too because a lot of people I know a lot of people they take videos of other people doing like weird things on planes that like no one they don't seem to notice that they're being filmed. Yeah, that's and weird. I'm always curious. Like you're always you're right next to people. How do people not notice you? Like, that's filming? weird. Can you imagine if a guy with a Sikh like or a guy with a turban like a Sikh came in and started filming people on a plane, <sighs> who would immediately be kicked off? Like that's would, you can't yeah. just. I've I the, the filming thing is crazy to me. Um, Chris, speaking of people that are offended, easily offended, um. Right. I don't know if you've heard that there's a there's a reboot of the uh, Saved by the Bell, one of the greatest television shows of a generation, of multiple generations, if you count uh, Saved by the Bell college years. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the college years. So I asked you before, as a, as a, as a mic test, uh, just to make sure that to our levels were good, uh, who your top six Saved by the Bell characters were, thinking you would go with the, uh, <laughs> the, the main six characters. But you threw me for a fucking loop, and I will... I, do, you, do you want to revise your list, or do you want to stick with what you had said? No, was I'll your... stick with it. Yeah. Okay. Number four, I had Belzer. Yeah. Mr. yeah. Belzer. So Chris yeah. Chris just goes right in. He's just mm-hmm. he's he's Turtle, Kapowski, Spano. Yep, That's yep. it, right? Yep. And if you guys don't know that there's a reboot happening right now, and Lisa Turtle is oh so upset. Uh, She's not the only one not in it, though, is she? I don't know. I think, they're, like, I think that like Slater or whatever that guy's name, Mario Lopez, like showed yeah. like a dinner of people like ha- getting together and having like a little like powwow and like a get together. And I mm-hmm. think that I'm, I'm pretty sure Screech wasn't at that dinner. I don't think Screech is allowed yeah. anywhere near anyone. I think Belzer's dead. So he Belzer's there. deaf dead. Yeah. And I don't know what happened to, uh, to the woman who was on, um, remember that movie that the Lindsay Lohan read redid where it was like, uh, <laughs> this is such a deep cut. It was like the, it's like the two, Kids that are the same kid and the Parent Trap and they oh like, yeah something like that. You remember yeah. the old Disney Parent Traps? Yeah, they had yeah. that like one woman star. She was like an original Saved by the Bell 
uh, teacher. Her name I was like Miss Bliss. Um, oh, I think this I is like yeah. early Saved by the Bell. This is before Slater, yeah. and it's before yeah, yeah, yeah. it was when they yeah. were just kids before they were like horn dogs, like always <laughs> horning it up. And Miss Bliss just got replaced basically by Belzer and some wackadoo teachers and Max from the fucking restaurant. Um, anyway, your list was three girls. The in 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 this order was it was uh was Lisa Turtle, yeah. Kelly Kapowski, yeah. Jesse Spano. Now yeah. now me, I was thinking, okay, now now we're getting into which guys does Chris think is the best? Yeah, guys, and you dropped Belzer on my ass. Yeah. Belzer's yeah. your fourth favorite character. Great character. Great character in the show. Way better than any of the, the boys, right? They were just boys, right? And like, I, and, 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 well, did and you feel Slater like they were, they like, were a threat to your ladies and Belzer was never going to go down that road because he knew like what kind of trouble he could get into. So totally. That's why you feel, you feel like he's trustworthy. He's the kind of guy that's not going to compete with your, with your going after Lisa Turtle. Yeah. Yeah. I, and by far, Lisa Turtle was, to me, by far the the hottest one, the like the coolest one, the one that was most interested in me in the show, the whole thing. Like I don't think she got enough screen time even back then. Definitely probably, didn't. You know? It was super hot and had a great super hot post career. I've got to mm-hmm. definitely take Kelly Kapowski, obviously, because she was Val on nine oh two and oh, a far superior show. She's the only one who transitioned from both fucking amazing television programs. Like the Kelly Kapowski, Tim- Tiffany Amber Thiessen, if you will. Is, she had is, her moment there for for. Did, a few she's years, still maybe. in her moment. She's still in her moment, Chris. Okay, sure. And I'll then and let's not forget Showgirls Jesse Spano. That's also. Oh, that's sorry. That's what I meant. I'm yeah. That, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no. Yeah, Showgirls Jesse Spano. That's that's a whole other turn. Now sure. I I never liked. Love a good turn. I never liked Screech. I would have taken anyone over Screech. I take I take Violet over Screech. Oh wait, hold up. Another person that made a nine oh two one zero and Saved by the Bell turn. Ooh. Was Donna Martin? Was a was a Tori Spelling? Tori Spelling played Screech's girlfriend. She did. Yeah, Tor, uh. Tori Spelling's Tori Spelling's dad, Aaron Spelling, was I think the was the creator of Saved by the Bell and and wrote in a role for her, and she played Screech's girlfriend. I think when Lisa Turtle was like, "I'm not doing this shit anymore," and when Zach was pushing up on Lisa, remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Which I think they dated in real life. I think they did too, yeah. which might be the reason she's not going to be invited back on the Save by the Bell reboot. Anyway, uh, you wanted to hear my top. You want to hear my top? Um, yeah, give me a top three or something like uh, you know, give me something that's uh, with some teeth. To Kapowski, it. Kapowski for sure. I'm okay. just going to go Kapowski right to Slate or right to Zach. I, lo- I love Zach. I love <sighs> Mark Paul Gosler. I love everything about him. I love him breaking the fourth wall. Mm. He's a crucial part of the show. Uh, I would, I would then probably be a Lisa, Jesse Spano tie. And that probably I I probably just go Bell but Mr. Uh, Mr. Belding uh, after that. Like I don't I don't think that there's a I don't think there's a another one. Oh, it was you, Belding, that's right. It was not, not Belzer. Belzer. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It's Richard Belzer is the guy you're thinking of. He's on <laughs> he's on CSI <laughs> Miami order. or something. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a, I think I think it's a I think I'm just a Zach and Kelly guy forever. Like that's sure just, that's how yeah. that's how it feel felt to me and how it should always be. All right, let's put a fork in that jibber jabber, Chris. All right, All let's right. talk about something far more important. That is the XFL. <laughs> the XFL is kind of like the Saved by the Bell of like. TV. Oh wow! I mean, that's given it. That's given the XFL a lot of credit. Uh, so last week, last week we bet um, all four games again on a four-team parlay, uh, of which we hit two. 
So, oh, did we, we? I thought we did. I, why do I always think we did so good on these? So we we did. We we picked. Well, besides the Seattle Dragons who have come back from the dead, um, we picked all the winners, but we did not. The spreads killed us. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Roughnecks did not cover against the Battle Hawks. Who saw that coming? Oh, mm. yeah, I know. Surprise, surprise. Uh, and the defenders have proven to be the uh, the favorite. In fact, they're plus two hundred to win the whole thing. So, yep. I got a good eye for football here. Mm-hmm. And one thing I'd like yeah. to, I think that there's a chance. Uh, this is an early take that Cardell Jones becomes Cardell Jones becomes an NFL prospect again. He never really had a chance in the NFL. I think he ended his career in Seattle, to be exact. Uh, and he's been playing really well. And I think that there's definitely a chance that, that he might get a backup spot somewhere or at least a tryout somewhere in the NFL after this season. He's he's my odds-on favorite. Him and obviously Landry Jones is the person who everyone's got their eye on, and you were absolutely right. He is the face of the XFL. Every time you go on the XFL homepage, there's more Landry Jones information. And Landry, in his first start, uh, got the Renegades to a victory, which was our other pick from last week did you watch any xfl chris no of course not chris. i did not <laughs> watch this. i'm not i'm not and here's my problem and, and it has a little bit to do with along the lines that you said is that yeah cardale's probably the 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 guy or at least the quarterback that's going to get the the look for the nfl again um but it, you know i i've seen i've seen some clips and like some of the you know highlights or whatever you want to call it of his play and, uh, and most of these quarterbacks highlights. plays it, they're, they're actually really bad i think they're, they're not good quarterbacks, right? And they're not NFL standard quarterbacks. I mean, they're like that guy McGloin for New York is just atrocious. Yeah, he's terrible. He's, they're overthrows, they're bad reads, they're, they're like misstep. Like Cardinal Jones had like the fumble, picked it up and like threw it down the field miraculously. Landry like, Jones, like, Landry like Jones shit's not was, work, you know, was to like, 70% in, completion rate, uh, did have two interceptions, but also threw for 305 yards. You don't think that that's worth something against the I, Los Angeles Wildcats? Yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's worth something. But there's a reason also he like he's he's out of the NFL and he, he didn't get any chances with anybody else, right? Like he's he's playing against subpar competition right now in the XFL, like they're across the board, right? Okay, so you have it, you've seen you've seen no glimpses, you've you've seen no in I any don't, highlights, I don't, like, you've seen no, nothing. Like, listen, there's always a chance, and I think honestly, I think there's probably other guys at other positions who will probably. You mean like a like a uh, get, offensive get lineman a, or has a, a better chance of actually sticking on the roster like for the uh, for a season or something. an edge rusher a punter if you maybe will. yeah right okay. something like maybe you know cornerback or you know, wide receiver or something potentially I don't know there's a lot of guy you know there's a lot of there's so many variables there plus I mean even the guy they're singing the praises of the guy with um who's the other quarterback that everyone's like so gaga over Ta'amu? Uh no uh, he was anyway he was with the Colts I think they drafted him. I don't and then know. There was a story that came out like, oh, Andrew Luck's like helping his father out now, like you said, oh. but not the way you think. Oh, 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 Chris, 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 Chris. Who was on the Colts roster. Did I hear you correctly? Was it was you got to give this guy a chance. Did no I, one else was even thinking about I this guy. Did I hear you correctly, Chris? You did, but you, you, it, don't let it go to your head because it's not exactly what you were talking about. So okay. uh, we could just keep moving forward. With okay. It. So, let's so g- he's he's whatever he but he like he. He's he's probably the most impressive quarterback I think so far statistically. He can run and pass. He's a dual threat kind of quarterback. But like when you start watching like you know a little bit of film on him and stuff, you're like actually he's he he doesn't look that great. And to go back like he had a lot of chances in in Indianapolis in the preseason. And, Do we even and know you who you're talking about? Like who are you talking about? Between he's a low. He's he's just he's one of those guys. He's a 
He's a barely. He's not even a third string quarterback on an NFL team. Okay, so your point is that there are no no uh, skill positions will end up translating into NFL. Contracts. I don't think so. Like most of these, a lot of these guys have had chances, and a lot of those guys that were on rosters and are now here aren't actually doing anything in this league either. So it's it sort of. I, th- I always think it's comes down to like it's always going to be a surprise. It's it's not the guy you think it's going to be. Landry Jones is like probably odds on favorite. Maybe Cardale Jones is a little bit. Um, I, like they make sense in in some degree because they've already been there and, and they're, like, if they can keep developing, but I'm not sure they're actually like developing properly. Uh, and that's sort of my concern with the whole league is that they're not really sort of, these guys aren't really kind of going to make that jump. In it's that league. 10 week season. We're only in week two. Mm-hmm. Let's talk again about this. Uh, these Absolutely. If there's, that's fine. If there's a, I might be, I mean, I, I might be wrong, but th- there's a reason why they're in this league and, and they're, and they don't have a, con- even like a futures contract for the NFL. You know right. what I mean? Like you NFL teams sign like 10 to 12 guys every year at the end of their season to futures deals to keep them sort of on their roster as they go into next season, because they like what they see in the potential and stuff. And none of those guys kind of got that. Okay. Tell us how you really feel, Chris. You I think, no, I just think it's sort of a, you know, it's an interesting thing to kind of keep, uh, keep kind of track of and, and, and to see, and like, here's the other point too. And, and the problem is that like, so if the XFL loses, you know, 12, guys 20 guys to the nfl like if they are actually able to make it that's really bad for the xfl right because then you have to kind of start all over now with like trying to get fans reinvested in some of these guys because all of a sudden the guys that were really good impressed them for a whole season and, and fans started you know rallying around for uh all of a sudden they disappear then it's sort of like it's kind of like college again you know like what's the problem with the, like in the um in the college basketball right where there's no guys to like hang your hat on on teams to kind of keep the fan base engaged year okay year. all right i like it like that might takes. be the downfall of this of this league. All right, I th- I think you make a good point. I think you make Thanks. a good point. I think there's lots of potential downfalls to this league, but that's right. But there's a lot of potentials too, though, for to, to to for this league to be successful. And one one was week two ratings, you know, dipped a bit, but like every sort of league does, and each season does. But they it was still pretty good, decent numbers though. So let's it, talk it about was far from the AAF. Let's talk about week three lines, okay? Okay, great. Because I think we got we got some winners here. I think I've got, I've got one guarantee. I've got a lock. Are you ready for this? Ooh, love it. I'm going to start. Yes. I start the first game Saturday is the Houston Roughnecks at the Tampa Bay Vipers. Tampa Bay, whose collective score total over two weeks is 12 points. Ooh. The Roughnecks, whose collective score total over the, over the same two-week period is 65 points. The Vipers are only, six and a, are only getting six and a half points at home. You're telling me the Roughnecks can't score more than six and a half points or to a victory against the Vipers? Lock it. Lock, Lock it, it right? Lock it in. I can't believe it's only six and a half. Yeah, that makes no sense. It makes no sense. Uh, you've got the Dallas Renegades going to Seattle. Who knows what's up with Seattle? Are they good? Are they not good? No one knows because no one watches this shit. Uh, that's Landry Jones. He's actually scored. He He's done well, or he did well, regardless of what you say. Uh, they're the Renegades are giving five points on the road at Seattle. What do you like? Uh, Seattle kind of re- well, they they rebounded against Tampa Bay right last weekend. That's and true, barely, pretty easily. They won. So I think points. I think it's I I think you can maybe sort of start establishing a line there. Like they were terrible the first game they lost against a good team. They beat a really bad team, maybe the worst team in the league, even though that they they were our team to begin the season. Uh, in the Tampa Bay Vipers. Um, not, and now they never, go back to playing a, a good a good team, uh, or a decent team at least, and, and I think they lose and, and are not able to cover. Okay. They also uh, have, a, I think, a terrible quarterback. I, I don't even know who it is, but 
but they might even have two terrible quarterbacks. So you're gonna say, unique. so you want the Dallas Renegades in a yeah. in the points? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. N- moving on to Sunday, the New York Guardians, a team I just don't have a good handle on. Not that I have a real handle on any of these teams, but they, I don't think they have a good handle on themselves. They don't seem to be very good. I mean, they they, they scored a lot of points on their their opening game, but that was against the Vipers, and then they got whooped by the defenders, who I actually think are good. They're getting 10 points against the Battlehawks, a team that I think is actually bad. Uh, but Battlehawks are 1-1 one and one and had a close one against the Roughnecks last week. Who do you like on this one? I, I'm I'm sort of up in the air. I feel like a 10-point... I, I feel like 10 points like is a lot, lot of points. Yeah, yeah. especially if maybe if, if anything, what we're learning from the last first two weeks maybe that we should be is that like maybe, you know, kind of look, pay them a little more attention and take those points a little bit because maybe week to week... It's so volatile because we don't really understand and know that 10 points seems like too much to sort of to so, ignore. So we're going to take the road dog with the New York Guardians, knowing nothing uh, mm-hmm. against a potentially bad Seattle battle. And I still, I still think New York will lose. I'm still, I'm willing to take New York on the loss there, but I think they can at least cover 10 points. Okay. <laughs> and then my DC defenders, that's right, front runner Chris over mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, DC defenders. Are moving to Los Angeles against the Wildcats. Uh, they are giving up eight and a half points. That is right. Another home dog, eight and a half Los Angeles Wildcats. Wildcats who have, uh, you know, played pretty consistently poorly. Uh, they mm-hmm. had scored 17 and 18 points respectively the past two weeks against a DC Defenders team who whoops people. They've scored 31 and 27 against two formidable opponents. Now, have they covered? They have. They've covered both games. Okay. Then eight and a half doesn't scare me then, I think. I agree. I, I, I was going to say, like, I, I let's, um, you might take another eight and a half years is kind of a lot. Uh, and I was maybe worried that they could cover that one. But I'm confident in, in our DC defenders. All right. I like it. They're both our team. I, so here's what I'd say, folks. Uh, I'd skip the I'd skip the late game in the first game uh, of day one and day two. I would, I would just bet the Roughnecks to cover. And parlay that with the defenders to cover. I don't feel great about the other two games, but yep. if you got to do the 14 parlay, you've got our choices. That's the Seattle Dragons and the New York Guardians to cover. <laughs> and that, folks, is your XFL shit talk. <laughs> for the week. Oh, get... uh, by the way, uh, yeah. the Houston Roughnecks quarterback, Philip Walker, that's the guy I was talking oh, about. Oh, Philip Walker, of course. Very exciting, very highlight kind of guy, but he's all in all, I don't think he's a he's a very good sort of quarterback. I person. want him to be. I thought it was Paul Walker, <laughs> this whole time. <laughs> he did some sort of Machiavellian, uh, yeah, 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 reinvention. Like, wait, doesn't that guy look familiar? Oh no, it couldn't be. <laughs> but it is. He's dead. I thought he died. Nope, Paul Walker's back. <laughs> and Mark Paul Gosler, huh? <laughs> How about that? They connection? could be the same person. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's get out of the XFL, Chris. Okay, moving right along. Uh, now, I don't know if you wanted to talk about this any, in, in any great depth, but I know that there's a lot of uh, angry Astros fans out there, and I know that yesterday you texted me something to look up something about somebody uh, on the on the Astros or how something got started. I didn't because I felt like, you know what, why don't you just tell me what's up, dude? Okay, so this whole cheating scandal is, is kind of getting more fascinating for me. Thanks to LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> Listen here, Commissioner. Yeah, uh, I'm LeBron but, James, Commissioner the Manafort, way... <laughs> Mister Up on on the Up and Up Manafort, the guy, <laughs> the guy that let A Rod do whatever he wanted for years and years. Okay, go ahead. 
but it's just the way this has been handled so poorly and rushed. Uh, you know, in, in its investigation, the Astros, and then practically non-existent in the investigation, like the Red Sox. You know, and then and then it's, it's just like like they're sort of they're just sort of just like throwing like spaghetti on the wall and seeing what sticks here. I'm like, all right, let's go with that idea for now. And then we're going to change our minds and uh, no, 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 let's try this now or something. And, and we'll say this and we'll say, you know, like they keep kind of changing everything about this whole thing. And, it, and it's blowing up in their faces, obviously, and stuff. But but now that all these players have become so vocal and having such strong opinions on how saying how bad this is, this is, this is insane, isn't it? This is this is too far. I don't know what is too far and what isn't too far. I I don't like any of the ideas like, of like rewriting history. They've all tried to steal signs and stuff. But now it's like, oh, you've used technology? Like, that's that's the unwritten rule that you're supposed to know you can't do here. I think it's a bad look for these players to be, like, so butthurt about this. I mean, they yeah. could, they could end up Especially guys being... who never say anything, never talk or, or, or voice their opinions at all about anything are right. now coming out so strongly and so positively on the, you know, or negatively on this thing. is right. is like... Like this, I mean, I know this is bad, and I'm sure the the players actually think this is bad, but they sort of move the goalposts on themselves here, yeah. right? About about like what's right and what's wrong, and I'm not even sure they're sort of aware of it. I mean, even the fact that like the the apparently like the the players' association, you know, worked with Manfred and and in this investigation and like making sure that the, the players weren't punished here, so that they would actually tell the truth and and tell them what was going on. So the, the the players' association actually just did the players a disservice league wide. Right, I agree. Totally so they, agree. It's a contradiction of themselves and like their own best interests, but they're always going to obviously protect themselves no matter what. But yet, in the same way, they're also hurting their own players doing it, which I think is like it's like some weird, uh, I you know, like that's that's some weird next level shit going on there. I totally agree. But but the best parts of this is like Trevor Bauer. If if you haven't watched, and I told I. I t- that's what I texted you. I was like, Google Trevor Bauer and just look up because he's just go- he just he, I think he's just on Twitter, just ranting and raving, especially at Manfred and about this whole system and about everything that he knows nothing about baseball and he's killing the game and like all these things. And I, I think you would appreciate the rantings of this guy. And I think he would become like one of your favorite players. Like you would actually start watching baseball a little bit just to watch him <laughs> because you love the way he what he's saying. And the, and all right. I just needed the jumping off point. You okay. just told me to Google him. And so I wanted to, I needed, a, I need like an actual jumping off point. So, right. Okay. So, a Google so do that. Do that. And while I do that, I got, cause I got more here because I, the, the next layer of this whole thing is that there's a blue Jays pitcher who sort of became one of the, the faces of, of being, um, being bad because of this cheating scandal. Cause he, he like, he pitched, I think in one game, a couple innings and he had such bad stats that he never pitched in the majors again and was sent down in the minors and stuff. Now he is because he wasn't able to sustain a career in the majors. He's deciding to sue the Astros for his demise. What? Yeah. So this is basically, this is the, our, this is our, our airplane. Etiquette That's exactly story, our airplane. Yeah. Sue. Right? Is sue. that he's just blaming someone else because he's such a bad pitcher. Although he thought he's so good that he could he could have a career in in the major league baseball, although thousands of players don't and only get one or two chances, and then never hear from again, that he's decided that like they ruined his career, so he's going to sue them somehow for damages. Uh, I yeah, that will never happen. But you know what? There could be lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit after yeah, lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. That's the problem with admitting anything's wrong. I just here's here's where I don't like. I don't like any of this talk of like. The, the players, like, have anyone having to give up their championship rings? I mean, there's no way to rewrite history. I hate the rewriting history yeah. b- bullshit. Yeah. So yeah. just you, move ba- on. You can, if you... They did. They broke the rules. 
move on. Like, you can't redo it. Like, you can give them all the black marks you want. It's done. What's done is done. Just move on with your lives. Like, even if you vacate it and you take away the rings or you take away the the banners and stuff, everyone's still going to know that they won the World Series that year. Yeah. Right? Like, it's just like in college sports. Like, oh, you vacated that. No, everyone still knows and still thinks that they won that, that, the championship that year and stuff. Like, it's just, that's, that's not, that's not a, uh, that's not a solution. And the only solution, and, and I sort of like this, and this has become even a, somewhat of a story now, is that is that just start retaliating. Start beaming these players right? this season. Well, that's what the, the, the Major League Baseball will love to get mad about that because that's the way you give Major League Baseball the ammo back. Is well, by he's beating already players. come out and saying, like, I've told teams, I've sent memos to teams, unrelated, of course, to this scandal, but, like, no retaliation. Do not start beaming Astros players. Um, but Chris, yes, this is the even better layer to that segment is that Vegas and all these sports books have started, uh, getting on that bandwagon and they are even taking action on the number of times Astros players will be hit by pitches for the season. Oh, what's the action, right? What's the action? So it's right around. I think it's right around that. There's, I don't know if it's a consensus line or if, if whatever it is, or if people have different lines and stuff. But from what I've seen, most of the time is right around 83 and a half hit by pitches for the season. So the total number of, of players hit by pitches. Okay. So wait, say that again. So how many? Wh- so wh- 83 wh- and a half. What was it last year? Uh, well, so that I don't know if they had this this gambling line. But did they? What's the stat? Like how many players were hit by pitches in last year? Oh, I, it's it's. I mean, well, just for one team. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. So it's sort of very. Uh, uh, it, it's a broad spectrum, I think, across the board for each 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 team. But uh, so what I've seen though, is some people talking about this is, is advising to take the over because there are always, and at least a few teams every year that exceed that number. Okay. Right, and so that maybe that answers your question. And then I saw this also somewhere written down that there's been nine teams that have gotten hit by pitches um, more than 83 times in a season in the past five years. So wow. nine teams in five years wow. have exceeded that number. Wow. Uh, so that's it a- happened to the, it had to happen to the Mets last year for no particular reason at all. They just, they just, some teams sort of get hit by pitches more often than other teams do. Is, is, like I guess some people have point. like Bobby Abreu on their team and they like, yeah, to get or whatever. Hit, yeah. So like somehow the Mets somehow got hit by pitches a lot last year for some reason. Uh, so I think this is an easy one. It's an easy retaliation. And I think one, it's an easy hit to bet the over. I don't even know. I don't even know what the, um, the, uh, the numbers are on it or like, you know, for over under necessarily. But, um, I, I think it's an easy take to, to take the over on that one. Uh, great. and how are they going to re and how is the MLB going to retaliate? Like more so are they going to retaliate more so and try to protect this cheating team, you know, from getting hit by pitches, like handing out higher punishments than they have in the past for p- players getting hit by pitches or like, you know, for, uh, you know, visibly like throwing at people, which they normally is like, is not very much as far as, as far as, you know, miss games and stuff. So like baseball and the commissioner here is, is really on thin ice about trying to actually try to enforce this in, 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 in trying to, uh, I wouldn't want to be away from other teams. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 let me ask you this. Are you, are you interested at all to watch Astros baseball this year? Uh, no, except for only except for retaliations, which probably you could just Me cover too. in highlights and stuff. So I'm, but it I'll might, take, but it might be the only thing I'm not, might be the only thing I'm not, I'm actually excited to see this year is watching Astros games. <laughs> only if the only 
Actually, there's fights and there's hits. Yeah, I, I, I want to see, see retaliation. Take it out on the field. The Stop only... taking it on the on the courtrooms. Like, take it out on the field. I agree. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. let's right. let's deal with Go this the way the baseball's dealt your with. Unwritten things. rules now, you know. Exactly. This is, this is all what it's yeah, about. As unwritten rules. So you can't steal signs unless you can steal signs, and you can't hit <laughs> players unless you can hit players. <laughs> Fucking baseball. <laughs> let's go on to the NBA and then let's wrap this shit up. All right. Okay. All right. Now, Chris, you've got some mm-hmm. notes here on the NBA and I want to just mm-hmm. go through them one by one. Cause I, I, I'm excited to hear this. Okay. You said in your notes, in your show notes, and I'm just going to read them out loud here. Uh, James Harden is overrated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so are the Rockets small ball system. That's a Chris Merseth hot take. Go. Okay. So I've had this for like a month or so, and we've never been able to get it. Also, on, imagine on a little ticking clock in the corner. Sure. Uh, so if it wasn't if it wasn't for the system that Harden's in with the Houston Rock and stuff, he would get he would, which he can get these foul calls, right? So it's if it, I'm not sure he's a good enough uh, player and score to make himself into something else than what he's already devised in this system with the Houston Rockets. He's a high volume scorer like Melo. He's not great at anything else besides driving the lane, ripping his arms up through defenders and getting the foul. He he's now a, a bad byproduct of his own doing. Well, Chris, so going all in on this system and this style of play is, is, is sort of the definition of a, like a double-edged sword. And there's no going back to something else, right? It, the Rockets can't Harden can't at this point in time in his career. I don't think this system relied and counted on James Harden. I thought I had this thought about a couple weeks ago, like, when Harden was doing a swoon, because usually he he does, you know, he's he's up and down, but then he always catches back on. But uh, he during one of his most recent swoons, where he like shot one for thirty two or whatever, uh, and they realized that Westbrook is not going to bail him out the way that Chris Paul would have. What happens if James Harden just stops making shots? Yeah. What if what if he's like suddenly gets in his head and he can't hit as much of the time? What if he's, he's- not as good as they thought he was? Like, I mean, I mean, I know that that's crazy to think of, but like if he is consistently bad or even consistently has bad nights and isn't as amazingly like just ball out, like uh, it, uh, as a, if he's not the play, if he doesn't play, let's say if he's not on par to score 30 points or roughly that on any given night, this system doesn't work at all. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? No. So how not. do you put, so this whole system of where they're now like shipping players and moving players around or whatever. It's what, like to your point, it all centered around James Harden. And if suddenly James Harden isn't any good or stinks for half a season, the fucking season shot. That's that. Yeah. And that's crazy to put that much, like that much effort into building a team around a player that like shoots, like you said, arms up, tries to catch people on, on crazy on, you know, fouls or what, what have you. Like he is a, he's a, 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 a volatile, he's, he's got a vol, he's best. a he's a volatile scorer. Yeah. yeah. And when that yeah. vol, volatility swings to one side or the other, it's just happened to be, be in the green for so long. I think that Daryl Morey and the rest of those guys just accepted it as truth. And guess what? It might not be. Everyone yeah. has to come back exactly. to earth. And James Harden seems to be coming back to earth a little bit. At some point in time. Yeah, exactly. And he's done he's um he's not a great three point shooter. You know, he's not he's not um you know, he sort of he he he's figured out how to sort of work between the the rules and the lines of basketball right now, right? And and I can't believe more people haven't done this sort of somehow. And maybe that's his one true talent is that not everyone else can kind of do what he does in that degree or to to that degree maybe and stuff. But I think I think Harden now knows he's not going to win a title, 
And so he's just going for scoring to secure like his legacy. And much like Westbrook as well, who did with averaging those triple doubles for the last three years and whatnot, is like they're all going about sort of future sort of uh, icon legacy status in in the pantheon of greatest players of all time kind of stuff and just putting themselves up there as high on the list as possible kind of stuff with these kind with these other sort of measurables instead of winning championships. How crazy that half a season ago it seemed like uh, that Westbrook – the Westbrook Chris Paul trade essentially was just a huge fucking heist for the Rockets. And now suddenly it looks like the worst deal possible for the Rockets. <laughs> it's crazy to me. Yeah, also, I heard, yeah. I heard, I didn't watch the All Star game, but I heard Harden passed on the, on the last shot to win the game. Um, yeah, but apparently he choked pretty good, which I think is, was just true to his, his, um, I think his, his character and his style of play. Like he, he has not come up big in playoff games he's and been or known to choke. games when it mattered and stuff. He's been known so. to choke. Uh, all right, so um, let I have a question for you. Who uh-huh. cares that much about the dunk contest to make a story out of it? Answer: Not us. Moving right along. One thing. I, <laughs> Hold I, on, I want to get this out too. Oh, like, you're gonna make a story out of it. No, you, no, no, oh, no, 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 no. I'll skip over go. the dunk contest. I'm skipping over the okay. dunk contest. Great. But I've it, more so to the point with Harden and the Rockets is I think I've, it, the more the bigger story here is this whole Rocket small ball innovation that's complete BS. Like they did, they didn't go small. They didn't go and go like, "Hey, we're training Clint Capella here to go small ball." No, they just couldn't rely on Clint Capella for the rest of the year because he has like plantar fascia or whatever injuries and whatnot. And the, while also realizing it was a mistake to play a to pay a center like that twenty million dollars a year. Yeah, the, right. So they, there was reports high. that they even tried to trade for Gianni Jordan from the Nets. Really? And Chris, what is he? He's a seven foot center who's fairly athletic, but not as athletic as Clint Capella. But isn't injured, I guess. And who's not injured and only makes ten million dollars a year. All right. So, so they went to this like small ball lineup out of necessity, they, not because they were trying to re- revolutionize the game like everyone thinks or tries to get them credit for. And, and honestly, Chris, besides, like people are so uh, short sighted that they don't remember. Like the Warriors already did this a couple of years ago, right? Right. They 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 reinvented small ball basically is what it was. Uh, and other teams have done it over the years too, though. This is exactly what Nelly Ball was. Don Nelson invented this, I think, in the seventies. Running a gun, right? Oh, Bucks! Every- you're talking Bucks. This is pre-Golden State. You're talking about. Yo, yeah, yeah. This is 1970s okay. Milwaukee Bucks, right? He did it there, and at every stop along is that the like way. Adrian Danley is that like that era? Like who was on the Bucks? Uh, Danley was like in the eighties. Okay. With, uh, with, I don't even uh, know who would have been on this team. Is this like a? Oh, the seventies Bucks. Like I'm not even sure. Pete too. Maravich. Like Paul Pressey was there, I think maybe at some point. It's I don't know, man. I, I didn't go that deep on this, okay. but I just because I just remember like he started back then. He moved to uh, he moved to Dallas, uh, or he was actually with the Warriors in the late '80s into the '90s, and he then was. finally with Dallas in the 2000s. He was right? on those great so, Warriors teams that would score 152 points and still lose. Run games. TMC, yeah, right. And like they didn't they didn't sort of use centers like they did traditionally back in the in the '70s, '80s, and '90s and stuff. He would actually rather have scrub scrub centers who he could pull away from the basket and play like a half court a lot. So they would pull the, it would pull the other starters dominant center, the other team's dominating center away from the basket to sort of open up the floor more. He was all about opening the floor and using smaller lineups to his advantage. Well, like, so like this whole thing, like Dan Tony even did this in San, uh, in, in Phoenix with the Suns. Yeah. Like he had Omari Starm, Stoudemire playing center. So basically which, you're saying is small ball is not revolutionary. It's not revolutionary, especially not by the Houston fucking Rockets. Okay. Speaking of coaching, What's the God, one thing? What's I the one thing you care about more. related to the Cavs firing Beeline? Oh, okay. I don't. I don't even care about the Cavs firing him. They they shouldn't have never hired him in the first place. That was a huge mistake. Sometimes it happens though, and that's fine. 
But what I do like is that J.B. Bickerstaff is getting another opportunity to be a head coach. He took over for a fired Kevin McHale in Houston. Is this an opportunity? It, yeah, it's something at least, right? Because otherwise he's he's getting over. He, the guy who's in Memphis now, who Bickerstaff had an opportunity a couple years ago, took he took over for, uh, was it Fisdale? And did he did okay. It was He didn't have a good he record, did. but he had a terrible team, right? Yeah. And so I thought he kind of proved himself. And they just looked past him because they wanted somebody else and they wanted a bigger name. And they tried to hire, I don't even remember who they hired at that point. Now they just hired, this year, I think they hired the assistant coach from the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, you never heard of the guy. Right. You never heard of, of Nick Nurse in Toronto. Like, uh, there's the other guy, I think, in Charlotte. You know, there, there's all these guys that you never heard of who get these head coaching chances. This is Bickerstaff's third time take, taking over a team from a fired head coach in the middle of a season. And yet he keeps kind of getting overlooked and passed over. And I, I, I don't know if he's a great coach, but I think he's a good coach, and I think he deserves a, a, at least a, a legitimate shot and chance at some point in time. And, and hopefully maybe it comes from, from this Cleveland stint. Okay. Yeah. Wow, Chris. Uh I'm just I'm flabbergasted on how like how many hot takes you have. Uh, okay, so uh, like moving right along, you, you you've got you've you've found two things. <laughs> One is your new favorite player and mm-hmm. a new favorite team. Yeah, and you've found your least favorite player. Go yeah. sixty seconds. Chris, I don't be mad at me, but I'm kind of feeling this Miami Heat team. Dude, fuck you. And I'm really starting to like this team and like the way they play and most of their players on that team. And I'm all in on bam out of bio. God. Okay. New cool. favorite player in the league. I hot take. He is, the, he so. is, the, he's the, the guy least, that I sell. The least like hot take man. The least, pass, the least the hot take. The lamest take Plays like a guard. The lamest oh. take. I will say I like this. Bam. If Philly, if Philly has a chance to play against Boston or the heat, they'd take, they'd take Boston any day. The heat are yeah. definitely a scary team. I, I placed a bet on them to win the co- the Eastern Conference a couple of months ago. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I see what you're saying. I just, fuck the Heat. I know, I know. Fuck we, fucking slimy Pat years, Riley. Fuck them all. We've been smacking the Heat down left and right. I, we couldn't stand them and stuff. But th- this is a, this is a different kind of team. Uh, they, they have the same system, obviously. I just, I like the way these players play on this team and, and, what, the, and how they too, what they do and how they play and stuff. Great. And who's your least favorite player now? Okay, so I can't decide if I like Pat. Connaughton or not and he's the he's the six five white guard yeah, the place yeah, for milwaukee yeah. now the dunk guy he, he was in the dunk he did the stupid white men can't jump routine or outfit whatever you want to call it and then everyone's like salivating all over him and all up on his tip and stuff because he's white dude who was in a dunk contest who didn't actually deserve to be there yeah because he could just sort of barely kind of dunk also he's, like a, he's white they're like, like oh like... we got to get on board with this guy because maybe he's the next bird or something that we can hang we can hang on he was, dra- he was he was drafted by the Nets a couple of years ago, coming out of Notre Dame, and I couldn't. I was like, "Oh God, no! Do not draft this guy!" Like I couldn't stand that guy in Notre Dame. That he was way overrated. I didn't think he was very good. I didn't think he would last in the NBA. But they immediately traded him to Portland for Rondé Hollis Jefferson, right? Uh, and he he's just sort of developed himself and transformed himself into a into a decent player, I think. Right? And and then Portland just let him go. I think at the end of the year, and, and Milwaukee picked him up, and he's actually serving a like a purpose. And he's actually pretty good. How deep them. is Milwaukee? I can't believe how deep they are. They've uh, They're so deep. The They're fucking, incredibly the deep. Ragu's come. Ragu's, Ragu's both Lopez's Ragu's playing fucking valuable minutes. Yeah. And looking great. They yeah. developed really good players. I really fucking like, I like this team. I like how deep they are. I like the way they're coached. I'm like, I, I cannot hate on the Milwaukee bucks. I cannot hate on the Milwaukee bucks system. I think Middleton is playing like a is a legit number two and a half. Um, 
I, and Giannis I, is a freaking he's he's probably he should probably be the head coach GM or something too because the way he picked that All Star team when everyone bagged on him, I know. And they almost won that game. Plus, I he know. also said how he basically his scheme or his 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 instructions were just to like give the ball to whoever Harden was guarding. I mean, yeah. how can you not love yeah, that? I know it's great. Uh, I'm, uh, so I'm going to say like, I actually like, I like Milwaukee of all the teams in the East. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about him. I know that's a, pr- that's a pretty front runner pick, but you got to do it. Um, defender. speaking of Chris, do you want to bet? Do you want to place a bet for tonight? You got any, yes. you got it. Okay. So this is what something we used to do got back in the radio. I'm excited now for b- basketball. Back Chris, in the, I want to gamble on it. Back in the radio days, we used to pick a game on Monday nights when football season was over. Uh, we would do a little bit of a, it was kind of our own individual, like lock of the nights. Um, Chris, do you have a lock for tonight's games? I think I have two. Oh, I have one. Yeah. So I wonder if tell me your two, and I wonder if one of mine. Uh, if, it, okay. if there's a yeah. if there's a, a uh, so a there's lap one, two, over. three, four, five, six, seven. There's not a lot of games tonight, but there's there's six or seven. Uh, and looking over you know fairly quickly here before we went on the air, the one that stands out to me is right at the top of my list here on DraftKings is Milwaukee minus thirteen against Detroit. Okay, Detroit who's shedding players, shedding players like a like a bad dog. I don't know. I got, I got players analogy there. Um, but Milwaukee, I think minus 13 is an easy, easy cover. Uh, especially like you said, like, uh, getting, you know, trading Drummond a couple weeks ago, just getting ready. Reggie Jackson, like who else do they have? I think Blake Griffin is injured. He is. So I don't even know if he's playing. Okay. Uh, I don't know if they have anything else to even try to like, and if uh, the only, my only problem though, my question, I didn't know, I didn't look this up is, is Giannis is playing. Cause I know he kind of hasn't been playing a few games here and there lately. So if he's not playing, forget about this one. Go to my next one. Memphis. Oh, wait, so so plus, Milwaukee put minus 13, maybe only if Giannis isn't playing. Only if Giannis or is Giannis, playing. as you like to call it. Giannis. Giannis. All right. If he's if he's if he's not playing, forget that game. Go down the line to Memphis plus one and a half in Sacramento. This is my hot take of the night. This is my lock, buddy. Yes. We're on the same page. I think we both like Memphis in this one. Love Memphis. And I think Love you're going to see Memphis. I think you're going to see a big push for them. I like them to fill in that eighth seed in the mm-hmm. in the West. Although I do think that the JJ Redick factor is something we should consider. Uh, it's uh, it's worth it's worth taking a look at. Um, but I still think Memphis sneaks into the playoffs. I think that you're going to see a really good second half from them. And I think that one and a half is not enough against a fucking lowly Kings team. Yeah. I think that this is a guaranteed win tonight. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with you. So we're both on that that one? one. I I think that's our double lock of the night. Great. So bet that shit, (laughs) y'all. Make yourself some money. And lastly, but entirely leastly, Mm. boxing, which you don't really care for, but you're kind of interested in the Wilder Fury rematch. I, I hate I hate boxing, man. I, I I've never I've never been into it. I don't really care for it. Or Which care one's about the it. white one? Wilder or Fury? Fury, Tyson Fury. Yeah. Uh, how's that for a white guy's name? I don't fucking dig that dude at all. <laughs> I watched him get I watched him essentially get whooped again by some fucking. He's a bleeder. He got whooped by that that like Norwegian dude or Ooh. whatever. Uh, in his last bout, he's so beatable. He's so he's, beatable. I, I think he's so beatable. I think he can take a punch, though. I mean, he took a punch from Wilder last time, got knocked out, and got up in like five or six count or whatever. So um, I just I, – I, I don't necessarily care about – I didn't care about this the first time around, although since leading up to this this rematch – I didn't care so much. Weeks, who, I don't know who won. Who won? Wilder? Uh, I, I, it's, see, that's one of the stupid things about boxing. It was sort of a draw, but then it's like by, by some count – and the scorecards, though, I think Wilder might have won, but it was also a draw, so I'm not really sure exactly what. what and then did they play? The outcome, did they play the again? Was. Did they fight again? Now they're no. This is the second time. This is the rematch. Okay, 
And this is on um, February 22nd. Gotcha. I think it's Saturday at the, night at or the something MGM like that. Grand. Right? I also hate that you have to pay for all these stupid, you know, pay per view. I like boxing. I like the I like the sweet science. I like the, I like it to an extent. I think it's fun. I I think it's I overhyped and overvalued and over. It, it's full of itself. You know, like all this thing. That, I, I don't know. It's it's. I, I used to sort of enjoy it back in the '90s a little bit with Tyson. Me too. And then I tried to keep it going. You know, kind of with Holyfield, and like Lennox Lewis. Yeah, I love some of the lighter vision fighters. I, I like those guys, but then I lost track when it became the Klitschko's and those guys. Right. You know. Yeah. Exactly. And 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 whatnot. So, but I, I've 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 heard and seen Wilder like on a couple interviews recently in the last couple of weeks, and he's he's I find myself like he's kind of a. He's, 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 he's entertaining. He's funny. He's a little, he's kind of likable actually. Although he seems like, I thought he was sort of like one of those dudes that just wants to like eat everybody's children and rip people's hearts out and those <laughs> kinds of things, you know, but he's actually, he's kind of a likable kind of a personality and, and persona kind of to him. And, and I think he at least has the ability to sort of somewhat bring, bring interest back, uh, in boxing, especially the heavyweight division and stuff. So it, I find myself just slightly more, uh, interested in this match because of him, because of listening to him and his story a little bit over the last couple of weeks and stuff. Although I, I will say I'm, I will not watch this. I will not either, yeah. but you could take Dante Wilder by points after 12 rounds is plus 900. And if I was going to choose one, that's, that's what I would choose. That crazy. I saw that too. That feels like a good, that feels like good money right there. Really good money. That's what, so folks, I think both two guys that have not watched a lot of boxing will tell you. Dante Wilder. This went the distance last time, I believe. So yeah, I think this is the. I, I mean, I think what people are thinking is maybe if it goes the distance, then that's a fury. And, that's a fury. And what Wilder even said in one of the interviews that he was like, "I have never hit somebody so hard and knocked someone out like I did Tyson Fury in the last match." And he was like, "I can't." He was like the Undertaker in WWE. He's like, "I cannot believe he got up after that." So let's uh, let's folks. Hot take so here. I think he's coming back stronger and and more determined to probably knock him out, but at least win this. This match, like outright. Wilder, twelve rounds plus nine hundred. Lock. And I think that's your show. That's it, Chris. Please, I got to get on a fight. I got to do a bunch of esports tournaments tomorrow. Yeah, we'll Uh, talk about that next week. We're gonna talk about that next week. We're gonna talk about how to gamble on esports. I will have lots of information following this weekend as I am uh, working on the uh, Washington Justice homestand for a game you've never heard of. And with that, Chris, catch the defender game.